backboard banter on the board with your hosts matt middleton and kevin rayner where the banter is as ferocious as those boston celtics fans after game seven my friend dude yikes it, it happened it got to game seven and they didn't win the the record we thought was going to be over that owen 150 or whatever is not to be boston fans man how do you feel right Inch. now because it hurts in shambles man honestly like i kind of feel bad for them like the way that that played out the fact that tatum yeah. literally gets hurt on the very first offensive possession um I, i'm not gonna say that it would have completely changed the game but considering that like you know their 3-0 comeback was literally predicated on having jason tatum run more of the offense it was we are gonna run um a 33 34 percent usage for jason tatum as opposed to the 28 percent that we were running like yeah I, i'm i don't know that's just what the stats tell me this is the thing right <laughs> how many how many star players ankle injuries are taking them out of these playoffs a certain lebron 38 year anyways we won't talk about lebron this week but man crazy for boston fans really unfortunate obviously for tatum and that ankle injury but here we yeah. are man another week but crazy to think that the nba finals start in what 30 minutes time we're squeaking this in here last second matt let's talk about these Amen. takes real quick because you were wrong the heat they took it they took the win man they took it right from out under you man well yeah they destroyed like my takes from weeks ago um and then like i was expecting them to at least get me right on the on game five and what do they do? They they let nope. them come all the way back just to just to be the underdogs again so that they could win. Um, hey man, Jimmy Bucket needs that kind of pressure. He's yep. the type of guy that wants to snatch your heart out, and that's what he really did to those Boston fans. Um, not even that like he was the best player in that series for them, which is kind of kind of nuts. Caleb Martin robbed Finals MVP. We'll we'll get to it in a second. First, we have to we have to wash in my filth of coaches just deciding you know i don't like kevin's take let's go over here let's go over there because everybody's seemingly look we'll start with nick nurse going to philadelphia really wasn't expecting this i think matt no. you said it best like after the buck situation happened he was just kind of like well what do i do now and ended up with philadelphia really interesting situation right there well i thought like he was definitely going to Milwaukee. I thought he was a perfect fit for Giannis. He was the guy who stopped Giannis with Kawhi, Serge, and Gasol. And like, right. you know, maybe he could, you know, get that out of him. And Giannis is the type of player who would, you know, thrive in a Nick Nurse system playing to the wall. And Joel Embiid? Like, good luck getting Joel Embiid and James Harden to run up and down the court like you wanted them to. Like, good luck getting them to play that system. Like, and after, like, Joel Embiid's comments about Nick Nurse complaining about fouls in our series last year and, like, the history, like, I don't know. He could have gone to Phoenix, man. <laughs> I mean, that this is apparently what he was weighing at the end was those two options. And, you know, it comes down to that professional relationship, right, that he has with Daryl Morey from the past. And at the same time, right, it's an opportunity to coach the current MVP because the reports are that Nurse is excited about that. James Harden still in that whole is he is he not is he leaving is he staying situation I, I don't want to get too much into it but yeah the nurse in the in Philadelphia is a is a weird combo something that I don't think anybody was really expecting but a good good coach with an MVP caliber player 
and a Tyrese Maxey because you know they're not going to get rid of him. Like, at that point, you're weighing them versus the Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. And, like, as you said, I think I'd rather Phoenix. And that, that was a weird one for me. So, hey, it is what it is. Yeah, honestly, man, uh, you say that they won't get rid of Ty- or Tyrese Maxey, but um, maybe a little Pascal Siakam for Tyrese Maxey, get Scotty and Tyrese together. Man, I'm not opposed to it. This man's I would. How Siakam's a better player. Siakam's I, worth more on the open on the open market. I don't disagree. And if they lose James Harden and they want a second superstar, um, why not get a player who has proven to be more than a capable second option scorer and a guy who can augment that team? They're both Cameroonian. Yep. He loves like they They're Nick boys. Nurse knows him. N- you know, Maury's known to swing for the fences. I kind of, I love that trade, honestly. If I'm a Raptor fan, I take Tyrese Maxey and Scotty Barnes um, around OG Ananobi as our future, um, like, and get rid of I mean, Siakam. It hurts, and we, like, definitely yeah. lose in terms of quality of player, and if Philadelphia goes on to win a championship, like, that's going to suck, but I think it's a good move for the franchise. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're pulling my heartstrings here because I was very much of the you know Kyle Lowry trade for for him at the time back back in the day and that that didn't end up folding together so hey I didn't even thought about it because I never thought that they would have Tyrese be available but if he was yeah that's a trade I would do in a heartbeat yeah I, I honestly man I think it's I think it's totally possible um and they're talking about you know Nick Nurse stepping in kind of like where Toronto was when he took over you know what the big major difference about that situation is is they didn't just trade for a top three player in the NBA. Sorry, Joel Embiid, when it comes to the playoffs, you're not a top three player. Yeah. You're not. Like, the way he, if he's going to crumble to Tatum like that, and I still think Tatum's one of the best players in the world, and I think that he would have had a much bigger impact had he not turned his ankle. You know, he, Jimmy's ahead of him, Tatum's ahead of him, Nikola Jokic is ahead of him, Giannis is ahead of him. Right. And like, I still would think LeBron's out of him, man. The way that LeBron dropped that, you know, last game four, I'm still in the LeBron camp here. So, like, I don't think Embiid's the playoff player that you think he is. We traded for a finals MVP. He's never been out right. of the second round. That's the thing. Hasn't, hasn't been proven yet, right? But we're, we're getting we're getting off topic here. I love it. But <laughs> let's let's roll it back here because, you know, we, we talked about Phoenix here, them missing the coach. But Monty Williams, this man's takes the absolute bag detroit pistons believe so much in this guy apparently he's going to be the solution to their young situation and i mean if i'm Monty, like uh, how do you say no to that six year 72 million cade cunningham like this is a good young roster and when you have dwayne casey apparently going up into the front office now like coach to coach relationship like this is a nice wrapped present for a guy who just got booted out of a really good situation no man absolutely i think that um he took the developmental path i think in detroit there's a little bit less um pressure because they're a younger team right um and so i if he can you know mold this team good for him and yeah he got paid bro so at the end of the day like the contract could be worth over a hundred million dollars with incentives yeah um unbelievable for him and yeah like I'd do it in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean that that's the situation, right? And, ah, what a, what a time. We're still over here as the Raptors trying to figure out what 
our coaching search is going to happen. I think we can roll into to Raptors chat here, Matt, because little little bit of interesting stuff going on, right? Obviously, the Fred to the Lakers rumors, classic Lakers offseason. They need a point guard to replace their failing one. Who might be available? Well, Fred Van Vliet, I guess. No, guys, stop it. For D'Angelo Russell? No, no, thank you. Like, they're not even comparable pieces. Like, and you can't offer us picks. Like, no, 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 no. I do not want D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it's always this time of year when the NBA media, you know, sees us as the team to, to just pilfer from. I saw this, like, OG and Anobi going to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole, the 44th pick in last year's draft, and the 19th pick in this one. Ooh. Or we could get Scoot Henderson with OG and Anobi. Hmm. I'd rather Scoot Henderson. Seriously. Personally. And like Lakers, you know, if you wanna if you wanna do a true sign and trade, you can send us Austin Reeves in a pick. We'll give you Fred, but that's that's it. That's the only option. Even then it's like, yeah, that's maybe not enough. But I mean I'm a big Austin fan Austin Reeves believer, so that that's where I I'd take it from. But yeah. They're gonna it's... match a hundred million dollar contract if he gets off or sheeted. I don't think I don't think the guy's worth a hundred million dollars. Not quite. So personally, I don't really want Austin Reeves. I don't think they have anything like. Again, like they've got n- nobody really to offer us, and and that's just the way that it is. Man, your dogs are having a good time behind you. The two of them are fighting for a bone right now. Violet's <laughs> living her best life. You know, I'm home alone with these doggos, so they like to be a, a part of hanging out. But yeah, yeah it is what it is. You know, they're they're gonna be here for a while. So I guess you gotta gotta get stuck in with them. But and when it comes to the Raptors, do you want to talk about the the coaching situation of who's left? Because there's rumors that they're down to a final three. But when it comes to this point, the rumors that also the franchise apparently it doesn't know what direction it wants to go in makes me go, I don't know what I'm hearing or what I want to believe. Because there's good things, there's bad things. It's like we're just we're in the schmuck right now, just waiting, just waiting. Yeah, I, I think that's like the biggest issue. And I think that the organization is really trying to figure out what its next move is. Yeah. And as you know, there's only two teams left. Those, those two teams are probably not going to be making that many changes around the edges. Um, but like a team like Boston, right? Like everybody's now talking about trading Jalen Brown. And yeah. not that I think that's a good idea in any way, but like could Jalen Brown be had for you know, Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi and, you know, the 13th overall pick plus something, you know, like, could we get Jalen Brown on our team? And like, so I'm sure the Bobby Webster and Masai are kind of weighing all of their options at this point, but I do like the names that are kind of out there with the JJ, uh, Steve Nash and uh, Jordy Fernandez of the Sacramento Kings. I think that they're all, you know, good options. Um, None of them are, are proven like, great coaches um obviously two have never had head coaching experience and yeah. steve nash's one stop wasn't amazing um but i think that like we're looking in a different direction we're trying to get a different feel and i think once they've decided where they want to go with the the team and the roster yeah. that'll kind of help them inform their decision on their coach uh, again we're just waiting right at this point because we don't really know how exactly it's going to work out we don't know if these trades for these picks are available. And as we've discussed in the past, most likely if we are going to be trading for three, it might be waiting until actual draft day because of the fact of the matter is, is we want scoot. And I think that as much as we don't know what the front office thinks, I think we've figured that out by now. Right. I don't think they have as much of an interest 
in in Miller and the fact that the rumors are that if we trade for four and Scoop isn't there, right? We may even just take, you know, Amon or one the other the other brother. Like that's that's what I, I'm hearing. I like. doubt that as well. It, I yeah. doubt that we at, at three we would take one of those twins um or Brandon Miller. I just it's it's too redundant for our yeah. team, unfortunately. Um and like again, if especially if we like uh, yeah it just doesn't make sense for our roster and for scotty barnes so um at the end of the day i would just say unless scoot henderson's there we're probably gonna run it back that's it right it's pretty much scooter bust and uh, you know i'm not gonna be super sad if we run it back obviously we like these guys on this team and we, we've enjoyed this basketball but at the same time mediocre if scotty doesn't take a leap and we run it back then what are we talking about what are we even yeah. talking about seriously right like the opportunity has to be there for the young guys if we're not going to be bringing back our other draft picks right like what are we what are we talking about here so yeah it's it's definitely the weight game for the Raptors right now. You know, Adrian Griffin's gone. You know, we mentioned it. He's gone to the Bucks. Apparently, Giannis loved him. He beat out Nurse. He beat out everybody else. And, hey, that could be amazing, right? Adrian Griffin could be setting himself up for some serious success there as a first-time head coach with a guy like Giannis. kind of sucks, though, that, like, they oh, yeah. felt so strongly about him to hire him like that over over some really qualified, you know, head coaching candidates that have been out there. And the Raptors kind of just let him go. It kind of makes you wonder um, if we were kind of too slow moving and, and yeah. probably should have hired Adrian Griffin. But I mean, can't dwell on the past. That's done. So, you know, we'll we'll be happy with whatever we have. And it really all hinges on Scotty's development if he can actually take a step. Um, so hopefully he does. Seriously. And I think that's enough for Raptors. So let's talk about dwelling in the past. Celtics fans, you know, just last week sitting there going, well, we have nothing to lose. What can we do now? It's we've won game four. We maybe can win game five. And bro, what a what a roller coaster because they came out in game five and like Miami didn't really have it. You know, it, it was an easy win for Boston at that point. But at the same time, you go into game six, the battles that happened, the way that it ended. And then Miami didn't have it then either. No. Like they just came back. Like Boston let it slip. Like Boston showed again, they when they're up and they feel confident, they just kind of collapse. It's when their backs are against the wall. And it it showed. And that's the only reason that I did think that they might have had a chance to come back in the series when they yeah. were down to nothing is is that back against the wall. But like a big portion of me was saying, like, you know, winning four straight games against Jimmy Butler and the Heat is going to be very, very difficult. And yeah, I mean, Joe Mazzulla got thoroughly outcoached in this series, but I think it's a really good learning experience. He'll be back. Um, so I think that it helps them develop. And again, like this, is it's so crazy that they want to break these two guys up who have been to five conference finals um, in the yeah. span of like the seven years together. And like the first couple ones, like they were puppies, you know, like they were like second year players yeah dunking on lebron james you know like jason tatum had, having that moment in the conference finals and they pushed them to seven like that that 2018 team and so you can't just give up on this like you can't and i understand that they're going to be the majority of your roster but that's the way most rosters are going to be constructed now with the yeah. new cba is you're going to have to have only two max guys and everybody else is going to be nip and tuck and so 
there's going to be a lot of like, you know, middle-class players, quote unquote, that are going to be missing out on a ton of money because of this new CBA agreement, which like kind of begs the question that they'll probably change it down the road. I mean, this, this, this is an argument for another day because there's some crazy things when it comes to NBA players, salaries, contracts, all that jazz, but the Celtics, man, they are in a world of hurt right now. They have to figure out what they're going to do. And the really unfortunate thing, in my opinion, is the fact that they probably, you know, do need a true ball handler, a true playmaker. And, you know, the Jays just aren't it for either of them, but they're so relative and so important. And the problem is, is you, you can't replace Marcus Smart on this team, who is that ball handler, but isn't quite the high level of playmaker that you need in the playoffs. So, like, they have some tough decisions to make, in my opinion. But why can't Jason Tatum be that guy? I think Jason Tatum proves that when they task him to be that guy, maybe his playmaking ability isn't as elite as a Nikola Jokic, as a LeBron James, but it's good enough to be that number one option and that that number one play setter. Um, so like that that whole narrative, I think, is blown out of proportion because they have Jason Tatum. He's a top five player. Um, he was a top four MVP candidate this year. This guy can be that player if he takes a step in his playmaking ability, which, you know, if it doesn't come naturally to him, that's fine. Yeah. With more age in the league, he is going to get better at it. Jimmy Butler yeah. was 30 years old by the time that he finally got out of the second round. So, I mean, like, we're just in an age of of impatience, you know? And, and, and to it add, is what it is. To add to that, though, is... You know, Jason Tatum is on that superstar trajectory. He is on that, like, American face of the league that so much of the media wants. And, you know, when you think about the greats of our time, the greats of the players that we've gotten to see, that dog mentality, that takeover mentality involves needing to be a playmaker, needing to be the one with the ball in your hands and do things. And so I completely agree with you. My worry is that the front office doesn't think that way. And I'm trying to think like the way the front office is thinking, not just about the players, but about what they're going to do. And they might not see that adventure. And then it leads to pulling something apart that doesn't need to be. Because if you just if you just tweak here and there while keeping that core and building together, you create the culture that like the Miami Heat basically has, right? Bro, if, if I'm Brad Stevens, I don't have to look at anybody besides Michael Jordan. Um, and like, I get it. Comparing Michael Jordan, to Jason Tatum might be blasphemy for some people, mm -hmm. but Michael Jordan was a pure scorer for years and years and years. And the only reason people say that he's a good playmaker is because he was willing to give up those shots in yeah. those big playoff moments. Who's to say Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum's a willing passer. He is. And so at the end of the day, I don't think they need to do anything. I don't think they've hit their ceiling. I think they're only getting better. Truly, you don't hit NBA Prime until you're 27, 28. And really, you don't hit NBA Prime. It's really funny you talk about, you know, giving up the shot for the open and, and the good look. Boston did that. But, you know, they shot, what, 23% from the corner? They just, they, it did, they didn't go down. They, the shots just did Love not that. go down, right? the the um golden state warriors have wrecked nba basketball um ideology at this point <laughs> yeah, um yeah. for other teams look you guys don't have historically amazing knockdown shooters do you know what you do have you have a bunch of scores 
Marcus Smart, he yeah. is not really a shooter. He's more of a scorer. Jalen Brown, more of a scorer. Jason Tatum, more of a scorer. Malcolm Brogdon, more of a scorer. Like, so just lean into it. Like, that's what you have to do. And then when they start collapsing their defense, that's when you start kicking it out. That's when you get the wide open look. I don't understand. And like, that again comes on Joe Mazzula. That comes on the coaching. Um, why he didn't lean into that strategy is beyond me like i get it you know threes and layups but when the th- when you're shooting when i think they started the game like what like two of 18 from three yeah, one of bad. 18 from three like i don't know stop taking threes i know you need to come back and but guess what two and a stop that's still two points <laughs> it's it was a coaching master class because you know you look at that game six and it was so close and things were happening and you know, everyone wants to talk about the, you know, the zone defense that the Heat ran. And let's be honest, they ran, I think, 25% of their possessions in Game 7 with the zone defense. And you talk about needing to attack. Well, it just wasn't capable. They didn't they didn't have it, right? And Joe Mazzulla is supposed to be the answer for that. And maybe he wanted to just let Tatum cook. And when an ankle rolls, that just isn't possible with the strategy. And one thing leads to another. You have to adapt. You have to be able to make moments. It's why we rip on guys like Budenholzer all the time. Because if you don't adapt, you lose. And the Celtics fumbling year over year is a combination of so many different things. But if you want things to work out and happen, the right guys have to step up at the right time. Allo, what Caleb Martin is doing for Miami in this moment, right? And Boston just seemingly doesn't have that coming together. And, and whether that is Tatum having that ankle and that being the complete answer to why they faltered alone in game seven. Like they just need more. Look, That's the unfortunate look, bit. man, during, during Jason Tatum's seven years in the league, they have been a final four team, five of those years. Oh yeah. People are not telling us to blow up the Joel Embiid situation and saying that he actually is a second option. No, he can still be a number one option to a lot of people on a championship winning team. He's never been out of the second round, man. Mm-hmm. Like again, it's just like it's just a a forced media narrative and discussion that doesn't need to be taking place. Um and like that's just kind of the world that we live in unfortunately, man, with the 24/7 media with everybody having access to everything. Yep. Um I just I don't think that you can not keep two top 15 players for the next seven years. Like at, at worst, because Jalen Brown's going to be 27 this coming year. Yeah. So you've got at least eight more years until he's 34. And that's when you kind of maybe start to decline physically. Yeah. Like you've got eight years of two of the top 15 players already in the NBA who could be taking steps forward. Come on, like, use your brain here, guys. Like, any Celtics fan that wants to trade him and doesn't want to give him the max, like, you're falling into a trap, man. You're falling into a huge trap. And this is is your your comment about, you know, the Golden State Warriors affecting things. Like, teams are looking for the dynasty team. They're not looking for the good playoff team. But let's, as you mentioned, how many times has Boston been in a conference final, in a final, Let's assume they won all of those. Are they not a dynasty at this point? But they, they were just this this far away from being that close, right? That's the situation. And so many people are going to look at the negatives rather than the fact that these kids have been able to achieve so much. 
dude who's to say that there's ever going to be another dynasty again the way that the cba is structured right. the way that the parody has has hit the league the best it's ever been since like the 1980s um this is the first eight seed to ever make the finals is that not telling us something about the way that the NBA is changing? People are slow moving to adapt to these things, right? But I think that at the end of the day, I don't know if there's going to be a dynastic run. You're not going to... The only reason the Warriors were a dynasty is because they added Kevin Durant in yeah. the middle of it, right? So at the end of the day, I don't think that a team is going to have that option and th that ability. So I don't think that you're going to be able to do something like that. I just truly don't. Um, now I could be wrong. You know, maybe yeah. there's, there's a team that goes on a huge run. Maybe it's the, the Denver nuggets, you know, and their, their team. But at the end of the day, what happens when teams do win is those guys end up getting paid. Like, you know, uh, Richard Jefferson on the broadcast talking about Caleb Martin getting going to get paid too bad. He already got paid. Mm -hmm. um but like gabe vincent and max Roost, those guys are like making under two million dollars a year they're gonna start to make some money so i don't know is miami gonna be able to keep everybody is it gonna be like return are these guys gonna go to different clubs are they gonna be overpaid and then thrust into you know bigger roles that they're not ready for and that's like that's just the way of the the beast yeah. and that's the way of the business so i don't i don't know man anybody listening to matt right now and feeling stressed you now know why bob myers has stepped down for the gold state warriors because he knows what it takes to build a championship and he's thinking to himself man i'm gonna Can't step do down again. i'm gonna get out while everything's good you know what thinking about the money that team owes the changes yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna go over here and hang. and and whether or not that's the actual truth that's the fact of the matter of the current NBA, man. It's a wild time right now. Bro, he doesn't want to be the one to tell Draymond he's not getting paid or Clay that he's not getting paid. Like, he doesn't want to do that. Yep. He won championships <laughs> with these guys. He's like, okay, um, bye. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's talk about the NBA finals because they're going to be starting, you know, just around the corner here. Five the Nuggets, minutes here, man. The Nuggets have been waiting a week or so you know nicola's probably watched like 100 horse races at this point jamal murray maybe went to canada and back for a mini vacation like this team is chilling they're ready to go aaron gordon was looking fire walking into the arena today like can anything stop this nugget squad matt i think that's the conversation right now look man um i don't want to sit here and disrespect the miami heat nope um i think they've been underestimated in every series that they have been in and that has fed into their team narrative it's fed into jimmy butler it's it's you know it is their aura at this point and they've yeah. proven by defeating the milwaukee bucks by defeating the knicks by defeating boston that they are a very good nba team um the thing about the denver nuggets is is that you know i went on that whole rant about no dynasties and i think that they could be a dynasty like it's that's just what it is um nikola Jokic is proving that he is like he is yeah. a Giannis level player yep and jamal murray is showing you like i don't know if you would want you know 15 other guys in the nba playoffs over him right like this guy elevates uh that it's that canadian in him you know when the pressure gets tough that's when we buckle in and that's when we show up and this man is yes, sir. 
Like he's playing otherworldly. Aaron Gordon, who like was the man. I heard a really good comp to like an Andre Iguodala type situation. You know, like when you're the man, you're not like a great team, but when you're the third or like the yeah. fourth. Like, you are a stud, and MPJ, like, Bruce Brown, like, this team is deep, man. KCP's a champion. He knows how to get there. He's watched yeah. LeBron do it. He so. got paid after, you know, putting in those shots. Like, uh, Thank you for underscoring the point. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, man, this Nuggets roster is is ready to come out of the gates firing and put in some work. But, yeah, man, like I said when we were talking about Boston, like, I can't count Spolster out just yet. I can't bet against this Miami team and what they've achieved. Like you, you just can't count them out. It would be so wrong to do it. The the one thing that you could think about is like, um, their like shooting streak in the season for like the first seventy ish games was so poor, yeah. and they've really turned it on over the last twenty, like the last twelve of the regular season, and then now in the playoffs. If that does run out, what does happen to them? Um, their defense has been good, but the Lakers had the number one defense in the playoffs, and it got absolutely obliterated Destroyed. by Nikola Jokic. And Eric Spolstra over a first-year head coach that wasn't even supposed to be the head coach, that they gave an interim tag to, and then because they have a great team and were doing well during the season, felt obligated to give him the, the coaching title. Plus, he's the GM's mentee. Yep. Like, that coaching drastic difference isn't going to be the same with Mike Malone. Now, I know, you know, Mike Malone's never been here before, and Mike Malone isn't, you know, as recognized of a coach as Eric Spolstra. But who's to say that this man's experience doesn't shine through? And this guy doesn't, you know, come to the table with the proper strategies and the, yeah. and the you know, right ability. And everybody's watching now, and that's what he wanted. He wanted the attention on them. And so... I don't like I don't think that they'll have that huge advantage. They it's going to be so hard for them to run the zone that suffocated the Celtics. They're not going to be really able to play straight up defense on Nikola Jokic with Bam Adebayo. Sorry if Anthony Davis couldn't do anything, you're probably not going to be able to do anything. Right. So it's going to be a lot of double teaming his way and like that's probably your best option, but who's better at getting you know, the ball out of a double team than Nikola Jokic? LeBron James and that's it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's definitely the best coach, the best team, the best star. It really is the ultimate test, right, for Jimmy and this team and Spolstra. Honestly, Spolstra's done so well so far, but it, everything's just getting tighter. Everything's closing in, right? Like this is the NBA finals. It's going to be a real big test for this team and man, I I have hope. I have hope, you know, I want to see I want to see more games. I want to see good basketball. I want to have, you know, the world that's tuning in getting to enjoy this. I want to have Jimmy and Miami story continue, but also like as a Nuggets fan, as a as a fan of this team and what they've been trying to accomplish, the fact that Malone is, you know, potentially one of the best like post-game presser coaches out there for the things that he says and hearing the convos that they're having in the locker room, in their huddles, the way that, you know, he really can put the fire under them. And the way that Nicola is the absolute most humble human being apparently on the planet when it comes to everything, like both of these teams have a great story. On one side, you have this team that yeah. seems almost ready for it, right? It's it's primed. It's the Nuggets time. They're healthy. They're ready to go. They've beaten everyone to get to it. 
And then on the other side, you you have this incredible underdog story of a comeback. Like, this is just a win for everybody right now. And I'm hoping that we can get good, solid NBA basketball at the top level and hopefully balanced out to be that, you know, icing on the top of this great playoff season that we've had. Yeah, and the thing also I think that kind of helps both teams is that, um, you know, Denver feels disrespected. Yep. They've been the top seed in the Western Conference from start to finish, and nobody talks about them. Um, and Miami Heat have come from, you know, almost losing two play-in games to to the NBA Finals, and what a run it's been. Yeah. But the thing is, is in the media, there are some prominent figures that are picking the Miami Heat and giving them their flowers and and, you know, saying that they're going to win in seven, six. And that is, you know, going to help feed the Denver Nuggets narrative. It's, you know, this idea that there are steps to winning a championship. I I totally agree with. And, you know, because Miami's been here before and lost to LeBron James, because they've been knocking on the door with three out of four conference finals, um, you know, Denver's been to two conference finals in the last four years. Um, the other two seasons, they just didn't have their players. Yeah. And Nikola Jokic has proven that not only is he one of the best basketball players in the league, but he's he he's an MVP, a two-time MVP. He could be historically great with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but the last time a dynasty showed up on stage, they just kind of showed up. You know, nobody expected the Warriors to get That's there. Expected. And when they when they won that championship everyone was kind of shocked and then they went on to win 73 games the next year so could denver come through absolutely um do i think jimmy might be able to steal like a couple games maybe i just i don't know personally man if i'm gonna give you my take yeah uh, i gotta go with the nuggets in four um the nuggets just have it. And honestly, like, I kind of feel like I'm going to curse them with my take, but Look, it's like my, it's my fibers, man. Like to the core, I feel it. Like just Jimmy, nuggets, man. Jimmy nuggies, walked into nuggies, the game. Nuggies. Jimmy walked into the game today with, you know, stairways and it said four, one, four, two, four, three. And then there, you know, the top one hadn't been filled yet. Jimmy, there is no four, four. It goes to Oh four. That's what's next in the way that the cycle would transition back. So like, kind of scary and maybe he's the one who's messing with the basketball gods here but when it comes to my prediction that's not gonna stop him from having a good game jimmy's going for 35 plus tonight because he's gonna need it man the team helped him out at the end of this series to make it happen but jimmy's got to show up and be that dog if this team wants to avoid that 4-0 prediction from you and and honestly man i think like the way that jimmy didn't really show up in that conference final series. I understand that, you know, he really did show up in the Milwaukee series. He got them through the the Knicks series heroically on that ankle. He wasn't amazing. Did he have a 40 plus game in that series? No. Uh, Did he have a 30 plus game in that series? I don't think he did, man. He might have had a 30 um, game, but he definitely didn't have like a 35 game, or anything. Game higher. one, 35. 35. Oh, okay. okay. That's how long ago but he it was. Also dropped, <laughs> he dropped a 16 and a 14 as yeah. well. 
he cannot have those kinds of games. Mm-mm. He's got to be 35 plus a game minimum for them to have a chance. And as great as he is, and as much as he rises to the occasion, that is asking a heck of a lot of one guy for yep. four games in a series against a team with arguably the better player. It's it's why that both of us here on this pod are, are team nuggies. I'm not I'm not ready to call how many games, but I'm definitely on team nuggies. Hopefully this time next week we'll be coming back to talk about some good basketball and a great series, but I think we've got to turn our way now, Matt. It's it's basketball time. Buddy, I mean it it could be a close four nothing sweep, but yeah, you're right. The game should be starting any minute now. I'm sure they're on the court getting warmed up. Um, hey man, I'm excited for it. I know you're excited for it. You gonna make your prediction or what? All right, best best season, best playoffs. No, but Jimmy's gonna have 35 tonight. They're going to lose. Sorry, Miami. You're not gonna be able to beat the Nuggies. Yo. They're in the mile high, dude. It's like 5,000 meters up in the sky. You know, that that's, I mean, you know, Chuck was joking. There's no rafters up here. I mean, there's no banners up here, but this could be the start of it. Hey, man, I mean, like, what about uh, what about the humidity in Miami? You don't think that's going to help? Did, didn't Spo joke about how we'll just turn the AC off in? Like, oh, man, what a dig towards the Spurs, right? Ugh. Yeah, man. Anyways. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Thanks, everybody. I think you're good. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook on the Ford Sports. Like, subscribe. Nobody wants to listen to me. Get out of here. Go watch the NBA Finals. All right. We'll talk to you next time. We'll talk to you next time.